Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm your host, the Sinsky Man, and with me today are Kyle. What up? And Scroggins. My God, it's Jason Bourne. We are recapping both the League's Cup and the season so far, as well as talking a little Women's World Cup and previewing our first league match in a month. We haven't had a main up in some time, which reminds me of a conversation between King Theoden and Gandalf, in which the king asks, what brought you back in the nick of time? And Gandalf replies, looking back. So let's start with looking back at the League's Cup. Scroggins, we lost to Charlotte after two terrible goals. How did you feel like we did in that tournament? Uh, in the tournament, I we did okay. You know, that was like the vanilla ice cream of tournaments, you know, like solid the vanilla ice of tournaments. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, you know what you're getting with them, right? Baggy parachute pants and, uh, and his greatest hit Ninja rap, the, uh, theme song from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Um, but no, that was like, I mean, it, it was a tournament that we participated in and <laughs> we, kind of did okay if you look at it from the right perspective and that's kind of how i feel about it i'm i'm glad that we're um i'm glad that we're not still in it and i'm glad that we uh got out of the group i guess that's that's where i'm at kyle give me your thoughts on the tournament as a whole um yeah i thought it ended up being more fun than i was prepared for it to be i was really ready for us to suck horribly and our two games and then crash out and give us plenty of time to hang out in Houston and, you know, enjoy the sun and the lovely weather we've been having. Um, and then we just like somehow stumbled our way into, you know, further rounds uh, without, you know, really scoring any goals or trying to play decent soccer. And yeah, we just kind of like kept making our way through, you know, like failing or, or falling upwards as they say. So um yeah it ended up being kind of fun and uh i'm a little bummed that we aren't going up against Messi um in the next round you know that would have been cool um although the opportunity still is out there pending open cup results however they play out um but yeah i'm not too upset that we aren't playing in it anymore um especially now that we're back in league uh play coming up soon so uh yeah it was cool calling it the league's cup really confuses me when we're talking about the league's cup and league play and i think we did all right quarterfinal finish isn't bad at all but uh i also don't know if we played spectacularly for more than like three minutes yeah in the tournament that that uh, does anybody know did did we get anything from it like I know that there was a lot of potential money on the line. Was that just for the winner? Like, did we do did did anything good come out of this thing? Maybe the reward is the friends you make along the way, Kyle. Ah, love that. I think that's what it was. You know, I feel like we were. Do y'all have y'all ever seen this? Is this might be too old for y'all? Maybe I'm betraying my age here. But did you ever see the Naked Gun movies? You know, with like Frank Drebin and like he just like. He he'll beat the bad guys on accident. You know, he's just like slapstick kind of falling his way. Yeah, and yeah. Right. Like that's I, I feel like that was the Houston Dynamo on this tournament. It's like we we had no business getting as far as we did. We we didn't play that great, but somehow we we yeah. just you know bumbled our way into this. Top and, tier uh, penalty taking. That's what it was. It, that's what it was. <laughs> it really was. We we've proven we're the best penalty takers in the league. I mean, bossy alone. How many does he have under his belt pre-tournament? And now, good night. Has he missed yet? Aren't you still miss, man? Yeah. <laughs> all right, Legolas. Right? Let's go. So, all that to say, an okay tournament. We did all right. But before we do move on, I want to hear, Kyle, a lot of players played in this tournament. Most of them are normal starters. Who is your Ben's bestie of the tournament? This is tough. Um... Because did anybody really do anything good in this tournament? <laughs> so uh, I'll take the low-hanging fruit here and, and call out my man Griffin Dorsey. Um, I think he definitely showed Ben what he's capable of, showed Ben what we're missing. Um, 
We're definitely not missing Daniel Serres playing as a utility wing, you know, uh, wing back or whatever position that dude's been playing. Um, Griffin Dorsey is is the guy. So uh, good good showing by him. I hope Ben continues to utilize him the way he did in the league's cup. Scroggins are giving a big head nod. Do you agree with Kyle? Is Griffin Dorsey your Ben's bestie of the tournament? I think it has to be Griffin Dorsey, uh, especially on the strength of of the Charlotte game. Like um, he should have gotten man of the match. I think if we had won, that he definitely would have. Um, but uh, yeah, there there's no other answer but Griffin Dor. Um, I I think that Ben, if if we allowed Ben to pick, he'd probably pick like Aliu. Or something like that, because Aliyu got into great dangerous positions, did a lot of running, but didn't score. And that seems to be what he wants out of his forwards. Um, but yeah, uh, Gryffindor's my Ben's bestie, for sure. Wow, one of the, those rare, unanimous Ben's besties. It's got to be Gryffindor. See, nobody played better. He really exposed um, more than once that, or maybe took advantage of is a better way to put it, that cut inside and then make a good pass. Uh, we saw him, you know, in against LA FC last year, do that cut and score. He had a great mm-hmm. goal, um, you know, and I just think of probably the best football we've played all year was where Gor- Griffin Dorsey, I've kind of said Gorsey, put the two together. That's <laughs> in. And sends that pass over to Babyface, who then has that beautiful chip to to Baird for the one time. And some of the best football I've seen from our boys all year, Mm -hmm. which we followed that up with like some of the worst football we've seen. But, you know, I think Griffin Dorsey has shown I bring a lot to the attack and I'm okay in defense. Like, I don't I don't think he made any like egregious errors out there or any like goal causing or big chance causing mistakes out there. So I think if Ben is not opening his eyes to this, then Pat really needs to sit down with him and say, look, I don't know what direction you're going with. We talked about proactive football on the phone back when you were making paintings. I don't (laughs) know where that proactive football is. So something's got to happen here because I'm, I'm really tired of forward runs leading to nothing. I'm tired of just confusion in the box and Griffin Dorsey at least seemed to have ideas and a little bit more directness. And it paid off on a couple of occasions. So hopefully we see more of him in our regular matches outside of this tournament. Agreed. Congratulations, Griffin. Rose that Scroggins, I cut you off. No, I was just saying I agree with you. I think I think as an as a reward, we should give Griffin one of Ben Olsen's paintings. <laughs> Producer Ian says that like he was making like a legit career out of it. So they might actually be good. I don't know. Who knows? All right. With that, we're going to move on to something I'm actually really interested to hear in, which is like a team check-in. How you guys think that we're, we're doing so far. So we're ninth in the West. We've got 29 points, but the West is, it's like the Wild West. We need to change the name of the conference to the Wild West. This is an American soccer league, right? We can say that. Um, it's so close, and I feel like it's been close every year for as long as I've been watching that if we don't start winning games, which, Scroggins, you brought up pre-pod, that we haven't won in the last five league games. That's insane that we haven't gotten a win in five league games. If we don't start getting some wins, we're going to fall out of this bottom playoff spot pretty soon. So, Scroggins, go ahead. What are some things we need to do to, like, or Ben may need to do to to get things going. I I don't know. Deploy our best eleven in like their best positions would be like my my guess. No, um, terrible idea. <laughs> it'll never happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to see uh, an attacking front of Aliyu, Thor, and and Nelson. You know, uh, you put Nelson Thor's, on the other side on the right. Yeah, put or put Nelson. And have Leo on the right, or what? You know, it doesn't matter. Like uh, Nelson, I think when he's played on the right, hasn't looked as good. So keep him on the left. Let's try a Leo on the right. It, they have speed for days. So either way, they're going to be a threat. Open up space for Thor to play underneath that, or Thor can hold the ball up and let them play off of him. Like it's just uh, in order for us to make playoffs, right? We're we're only one point ahead of uh, who's behind us. I just looked at it. I'm sorry, we're only like one point ahead of Minnesota. 
but we're only three points out of fifth place, and that's Austin. So, I mean, literally, if we just go on like a three or four game winning streak here, we're we're right in the thick of of comfortably in playoffs. We're really pushing for top five. And um, I don't I don't think playoffs are unreasonable, but Ben is going to have to figure out the attack. He's done a great job figuring out the defense. We've got probably one of the best midfield trios in the league, uh, but our attack is just painful. Okay, well, that makes me think about this, Kyle. We've got 11 games remaining. It's the final third of the season. We've had trouble in the final third all season long. Let's go ahead and grade the team's offense, Kyle. On what letter scale would you give our offense, the attacking band? On what letter scale? Do I get to pick the the letter scale here? Okay. All right, all right. Which letter on the scale? <laughs> okay, are we going traditional school scale here? A A through F? I am a teacher of the year. 2021. That is true. My favorite teacher of the year on this podcast. Um, uh, grading the offense, I think, is probably the easiest grade that we might be able to give on this on this episode. It's poor. Um, I won't be so mean because we are the Dynamo faithful to say that it is an F because we've had some fun moments in our offense, but I will say that it is like a solid D with the level of potential talent that we could field up front. We have wildly underperformed and it is, it is a real frustrating thing to watch your team be so bad in front of goal consistently feel like as soon as we started this podcast, you know, at the beginning of last season, you know, 20, what year are we? 21 or 23, 22, 23. Like it was just like, it has not really gotten that much better up front. Yeah. We've really excelled in other parts of the pitch and other players have stepped up, but we, with, with the amount of um, incomings and outgoings that, you know, Pat and, and Asher talk about, like we just still aren't scoring goals. And uh, it, it's it it becomes very difficult to continue being hopeful and faithful that your team is going to pull out wins when nobody on the field seemingly can bury the ball in the net. Um, so I, I don't want to say that it's an F because I don't think that they're total failures, but they are riding a pretty thin line. Faithful, if y'all could see Scroggins right now, I think he is do he's bitten his tongue so hard there must be blood pouring out. Scroggins, are you are you like doing everything you can to not give this offense an F right now? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the amount of money that we they have put sunk the F into in faithful. That's exactly what they've done. They're testing my faithfulness, is what they're doing. Like, yes, we have upgraded. Right, we've upgraded from Fafa, like over dribbling or dribbling straight into people or passing inexplicably, like to the the ad board behind the goal. Like we've, we've upgraded from that. Thankfully, you know, to Aliyu being literally like standing on the line in the goal and trying to like hip check the ball yeah. in like we're finding new ways to fail, but these ways that we're failing now, like are more expensive. And I think I have to give us an F just because of the return on the dollar. I mean, let us not forget that we have a DP striker that has 0% of his salary covered on loan into Brazil. Like it, I did hear Pat did say that we're going to recover some money. So I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. Cause I saw that on Twitter that we're not getting any of the money, but he said that we're recovering some of the uh, transfer fee through this loan. Okay. So they get an F plus now. So yeah, <laughs> it's, we're still not getting enough to replace and and it's just, yeah, uh, I'm thankful they're trying, but I, I just have to give them an F at this point. Um, that's fair. I don't think I can go above a D and I, I might be wanting to side with Scroggins here just because we never gave Sebus a shot. And I think that's wild when you put the money we put into and the way that he played last season. It's not just about the money, Jake. I know you're listening. Um, also, just <laughs> the way that he performed last season with what was around him to to then come into this season, get benched game one. I've harped on it all season long. I just I don't understand that that decision. And then Aliu, we're saying he's an upgrade, but Fafa scored goals, guys. We cannot forget 
Thoffa did a lot of things that were like questionable, that were mind blowing. The the bad first touch, all of that. But Ali's got a heavy first touch too. He's just, I think he reacts quicker to the to it. But also, Fafa would score every once in a while. And Aliu, I think, has scored once for the team, maybe twice, one league goal, and I think he scored in the Open Cup once. So I'm I'm definitely not sold on Aliu. And I mentioned about how on the last time I was on the pod about how Pat talked about us putting the eggs in the Aliu basket. We feel like he's the guy. I don't feel like he's the guy. So that makes me a little nervous. I think Aliu would be better suited on the wing where he can run down a ball and maybe get a good pass into somebody, like you said, a Thor or a Sebas Ferreira. So I I think I, too, am going to go with an F. Best case scenario for Aliyu is probably, well, I guess best case is that he just starts performing and scoring goals and we win <laughs> the league. But, um, you know, other best case scenario is that, like, he is a, you know, he has a Hector Herrera level of turnaround next season where he finally adapts to the league and, we don't forget that he's 21 and he's in a brand new place. And like, I, yeah, I, I definitely think he, the dude appears like he's never going to score again, uh, the way that he's been playing, but like, hopefully we're planning for next year. And I think that's the only frustrating thing is like, we want playoffs right now at this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And if Pat saying, you know, put all the eggs in the Aliyu basket, like, is that going to get us playoffs? Remains I to be seen, but doesn't doesn't seem to be trending that way. If we're yeah. gonna keep saying next year, we're never it's never gonna happen because Hector Herrera doesn't have a lot of next year's left. And I'm yeah. the guy's been incredible this season, but he's topping out, you know. Uh yeah. and we've got a couple other players who are starting to head that way too. And I don't know if we're gonna get another Hector Herrera level talent. That's not easy to come by in this league, to be honest. But I say that Messi's here, but <laughs> but it's like it to me. It feels like it's now or never, and it and never is looking cl- more and more inevitable. But I hope that that's wrong. And honestly, with Aliu, I feel like he's adapted to the league. He's put himself in so many great spots, incredible spots, and just can't get the shot. Like can't can't score the goal. Bad shots, bad placement. You know, bad luck. I'll be the first to admit some of those are just so unlucky. The goalkeeper's like on his head. It doesn't make any sense. But I don't know if if the finishing's the problem. I don't know. I'm I'm not a soccer coach. You know, I just feel like the finishing is the thing that as a striker he should already have. That's not something that should be growing right now. I think he's just got the yips. Mm. You know, maybe yeah. absolutely. He's a 22 year old young man that's far away from home. You know. Like, just, uh, you know, I'm having hope that just holding out time, at least we're seeing that he's making the right runs, you know? Yeah. So it'll happen. It's got to happen, right? It's got to, it'll happen. Um, Let's go on. Let's talk about the midfield. I think this has been the most exciting part of our team this year, I would say. And I'll let Scroggins go ahead and give us his grade first. A, A, A plus. Um, I think the midfield's been fantastic. Um, I think the deployment of the midfield could use some work. I think Ben is not uh, necessarily deploying them wisely. Uh, but as far as like our quality of midfield, it's really hard to top. Hector Herrera is everything that he's been billed to be. And and I think more. I don't think I expected him to like be a goal a goal provider, like to to score the goals that he has. Um our tour for me is has been like the revelation. I expected Hector to be good. We knew that Coco was going to grow and had some things in his locker. Our tour is somebody like I didn't watch him when he played for Columbus. Um, so I, I've I've just been in love with everything that he does. Like he is calm, cool, collected. He's super steady. That's everything you want out of a number six. And just added bonus, he can dribble out of extremely tight spaces. And um. Just and such, pass when he needs to, too. Which yeah, is, absolutely. Which is like, I, I guess I just had too many years of watching Matias Vera. And and so our tour just by comparison so much better. And then, you know, even even double that, if if we were to cl- include Amin Basi into the midfield, if if we want to call him an attacking midfielder um, or even um, uh, Seb- uh, Sebastian 
uh, Kowalczyk, the, the Polish guy that we just picked up. I mean, he looks decent as well uh, from the highlight reels I watched on YouTube. But um, as far as... <laughs> you don't watch the Polish league? Uh, you know, the extra Liga is just isn't isn't my jam. Um, so uh, I'm totally here for the Czech Super Liga, but, you know. Um, now, the... Uh, uh, yeah, our midfield is is just the strength. I think the defense has improved mainly because the midfield is so much better at retaining possession, shielding, and connecting. They're, they're just really good. Kyle, you kind of strike me as one of those teachers who would say, you know, there's always room for improvement. You don't, you don't give an F. Will you give an A? Yeah, you know what? You kind of nailed it there. I I feel like I'm normally the uh, you know the positive everything's all rainbows and butterflies guy on this podcast, but um, I, I'm going to give the midfield a B plus. Um, they're wow. not quite an A. Oh, hear me out. Um, I feel like it's generous to give any portion of this team an A when we are, uh, what are we, nine games winless in regulation time, and <laughs> yeah, we've, we've held one clean sheet in 10 games, I think. Um you know, and we're just so up and down. But the midfield is for sure the strongest part of our team. Hector Herrera, you know, he deserves all praise. Arthur is absolutely the guy and the true six CDM shield midfielder that we've been asking for. Um, he is he is like what Darwin Seren could never could never even hope to be, you know. Um <laughs> And then Coco, Coco is like the toughest part of this because I, I I conflate Panama Coco with Houston Dynamo Coco sometimes, and I want I want Panamanian Coco to uh, to step up, but Ben doesn't seem to want to uh, let Coco you know be Panamanian Coco, so it makes it hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, like they've been great. I'm really looking forward to New Sebis Polish Bossy, whatever we're calling the guy. Um, I, I I really am looking forward to seeing how he fits in this team. I would love to see us adopt a four two three one and just see what he can do as an attacking mid as a ten. Um, but I don't think it'll happen. So wherever he ends up playing, if it's up front or if he floats around the midfield like Bossy kind of has this season, I think that'd be great. Um, Bossy has obviously been good from the spot, and he's been creative when he's on. Um, he's had too many off games in my opinion. And I feel like maybe the the early season success had kind of gotten to him because um, he's definitely not been as good in, in recent games. Um, so, yeah, overall, though, midfield is so good. Um, I want to see them provide maybe a little bit more. Uh, I want to see a little bit more goal involvement. I feel like we're getting a decent bit of goal involvement from our wingers. You know, you're looking at babyface looking at Corey Baird, um, those types of players. I would love to see um, HH continue to set people up the way that he has. Uh, I just don't want to have to rely on our wing play as much as we do. Like when Griffin plays, we rely on him a lot. When Franco Escobar gets up top, um, I just would like to see these midfielders provide a little bit more. Looking at Coco, HH, uh, and then, you know, bossy and, and Polish bossy, however they step up in this, in the system. Yeah. Scroggins. I agreed with you on the F. I think I'm going to agree with Kyle on the B plus. I, I love our midfield. I think they're the best part of the team most of the time, but I think he's absolutely right. Hit the nail on the head when he said there needs to be more production coming from them. I know they're not going to score the goals. I'm not asking them Hector to, put in these like 30 yard bombs game after game, but we do need to see them making some big chances, picking out some good passes. Coco, when he's getting into the final third, a lot of times we're wondering what's going on in his head. Bossy just, I, I think he's got some great passes in him, but like you said, as of late, they're not connecting. He needs more assists in my mind. And same with Hector, uh, our term, he's playing a little bit further back. It's harder to ask that of him, but I do think our midfield could be a little bit more involved in some goal making. And I think they need to be just because obviously the attack is not getting it done at all. 
and that that seems unfair to put that on their shoulders but i do think they need to be somewhat involved in that a bit more in the build up and everything and crew, putting our strikers in better chances cuz there's just our team does not create chances we don't create big chances we're at the bottom of the table in creating chances and we have been all season long and i think the midfield needs to take a little bit of that so that's that's what i got Scruggs? i i disagree uh our leading scorer is Amid Bassi, and I think at this point it's it's evident that he is a um, he is more of a ten attacking midfielder than he is a winger. He always cuts inside anyway. He's leading with eight, right? And he's got three assists. And then Hector Herrera is is uh, are tied for second with three goals, but he's got nine assists. You can't sit here and tell me the midfield isn't doing their part. It's not their their fault that the strikers and wingers cannot put the ball into the back of the net. Like Thor is the leading scorer for our forwards with three and, yeah. and, and mild butters got three. Yeah. Like, you know, you know who's behind them. Who's third. Ivan Franco with two. Yeah. Like guys, I hear you. Goals, I goals, three assists, three goals, nine assists. I don't know what more you want out of them. I want if Hector had more. Handed that ball to I want Baird, more. Has five more, Baird, five more goals. If he had handed the ball to Babyface, Babyface has five more goals on his tally sheet. I think it all comes down to that very first penalty where he gave Bossy the ball. He could, whoever he gives it to, if that person finishes one, finishes probably the next four as well. And I, I think Bossy's numbers are inflated by that. A penalty is a goal. You know, I'm not going to take that away from him. It takes a lot to take that shot. But when we're talking about run a gameplay. We haven't seen a penalty in a long time, um, or okay, I mean, nearly as frequently as we did. And but Hector, I will, I will concede. I think you're absolutely right. I kind of forgot about his assist numbers. Hector's he's an A plus, but I think everybody else needs to needs to grow up a little bit in that to that level. Not like grow up like they're immature. Grow up to like yeah. that level that he's putting out there. So I mean, how many how many pins did you say that that Bossy has? Five. Uh, so three and three, which I don't know from a. So then he's still in. He's still like a leading scorer then on on a team that doesn't score though. I mean, but I'm just saying, y'all y'all said you wanted the mid. I, I'm just objecting. To I, the midfield I leading more. to score I'm, more, but but I also gave. He's the definitely also played not doing their job either. He's played mostly as a second striker, by the way, too. That's that that is fair. He he basically is like that. He's played as like a false nine without with an actual nine also in the team. That's called a ten. No, no. <laughs> All right, whatever. All it's right, like a nine nine point five. <laughs> we 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 hear Scroggins' objection with prejudice, and we will move on to the defense. <laughs> okay, thank you. And I think our defense has been solid most of the season. I do think there have been some cracks lately. I'm I'm looking at our League Cup fallout where <laughs> Mikel yeah. kind of turns around and puts it in that our own net, thinking. Uh, he's got to be thinking Clark's right there, but obviously he's not looking at all, and Clark is nowhere near. And that that was rough. I know Scroggins likes Sviachenko. I would love for you to like explain to me how he's better than Bartlow, because I'm just I'm not seeing a big difference. And I'm 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 being hundred percent here. I'm not being like, oh, I think I think Sviachenko stinks. We should put in Bartlow. I just mean literally. I'm not seeing a huge difference. So I would like to hear what he is doing. But when I look at our defense, I just maybe it's because I'm just kind of tired of players being a pseudo center back slash something else from the Vera era that I'm a little tired of Steres as the left back, also a center back when we move someone else up or whatever that I just like you want players in their roles that I can't give the defense the best. So I might go. I think I'm teetering here B minus. That's what I'm going to say. And you guys can kind of sway me one way or another. So Scroggins, how do you rate the defense? And for real, like help me understand what Sviachenko brings to the table. Yeah, I'm going to give the, the, uh, the defense a B uh, just because of the, the kind of turnover and injury they've had to deal with. It, it, there's been pairings that have rotated and um, you can tell that they're a well-coached unit because they've been able to just slot in and, and play 
where they're told and everybody has clearly defined roles and they're sticking with them and, and playing within those roles. So I think that that speaks a lot of one, the coaching. So, so props to been there, but also to like the players uh, being disciplined and being smart. Um, I have not enjoyed seeing Steris at right back or left back. Uh, I understand the logic behind it. It's just not something that I think is very fun. Um, and as far as the Bartlow's Fiachinko thing goes, like, I honestly, I was more wanting to see Fiachinko and Bartlow together because uh, I like Bartlow better than I like Mikel. Mikel, you know, has had a couple brain dead moments, but he's 22 years old. I believe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a young man first professional team like full professional with the first team all that stuff like that's gonna happen especially at a position like center back it's gonna happen it's like a growing thing um but i i would have preferred to see bartlow and sviachinko together instead of sviachinko and mikhail but uh the reason i like sviachinko is because i feel like he he brings a veteran presence and maturity to that back line that we have been lacking. Uh, there's a certain stability about him that I do like. And then also the accountability he's shown um, it, like to the other team, to to his teammates. Like I'm thinking in particular the moment where, I mean, it was like Sviachinko's like second game with the team. And in Ivan Franco, little Frankie is like, what do you, he like lashed out, acted out, got a red card or whatever. And, and Sviachinko just like, let him have it like in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need that type of leadership, not just one voice. I know Hector's doing that, but not just one voice. You need multiple voices like that on the team, doubly. So on that back line, that steady hand, the, in, in the high accountability, you can tell he demands a lot from his teammates and their character. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing, especially when the rest of the team plays full throttle on the edge, ready to choke slam you at any moment. You know, we, we need one of those dudes to, to tell everybody to, to get back in line. You know what I mean? I agree with that. I just think think it's burned a lot. Like he does. I I think totally athletically. That's a valid point. I, I don't think he holds a candle to, to part low athletically. Um, but it's those kind of more in, in intangible leadership. leadership skills that he brings to the table that I think if we have teenage next to him, if we have Mikhail next to him, we have, you know, uh, Franco Escobar on the right, like you can cover for him there with the athleticism of those other yeah. guys. And I think that does happen. I just not sure I'm seeing the, the step up and skill level, but I see what you're saying with those intangibles. That's good. So you say B like straight down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, do you agree? Do you have a different rating? No, I think B is good. I think B is pretty uh, pretty fair to this team. Um, started really strong. Definitely like our most consistent talking points in our early episodes this season was like how you know solid our defense was. Um, mm-hmm. How pumped we were to see Mikhail getting really good quality minutes after teenage's injury. Um, being happy that we've got this champions league pedigree center back coming over from Europe to help solidify our back line. Um, you know, like there's, there's a lot of positives. Um, I just think we've maybe had, um, some letdowns in certain areas looking at you left back, any of them, um, <laughs> except for Tate. We love you, Tate, except for Tate. That yeah. And a let down in that, that guy was apparently awesome. And then, uh, freaking Acapo broke his leg. Um, yeah. So just like, you know, frustrating stuff there. Um, So, yeah, I think they've been good recently, not as good, um, but still time to turn it around and try to try to secure some of that, like, you know, comfortable stability that we uh, got used to. Um, I would really like to see Steve Clark kind of get his act together a little bit and, you know, bring back that penalty saving heroic drama that he pulled off in that Leagues Cup game that we got to go to. Um, if he could just summon a little bit of that for these next 11 league games, that would be really nice. This would be the time to do it. Um, when he came out to try to stop that ball in the Charlotte game and just kind of stood there and let it go past him. I was like, what is happening to this man right now? And then when Mikhail beats him on a back pass, like (laughs) the dude just seems uh, is he sleepy? Like, I know he's got a little one at home. Maybe he's not getting enough sleep. Like, 
you know, he just needs to he needs to reset and hopefully this league's cup exit has given him just enough time to to reset and come back uh, come back strong for the last push of the season. Absolutely. I think I think Clark was kind of like the rock to start the season in that in the back and was yeah, you can smell what he's cooking. Yeah, that's right. It didn't matter what his name was. And he was just playing out of his mind, standing on his head, lots of big saves, had some good saves in this tournament. I just think we're seeing a few cracks here, and that makes me nervous with being in ninth place, which is bottom playoffs, you know, and 11 games left, and it's so tight that we we got to get something to fill these cracks in because we need to be solid, or or we're going to miss out on playoffs again with more playoff spots this year. And that's just, that's humiliating to me, especially when I think we, the team owes it to themselves to kind of make it. They had, they've made way too many, too much progress to really just fall off the handle here. Now that would be so disappointing. And with that, it's time to go to the top, right? The main man, we're going to grade how Ben Olsen is doing. It's his first season. He's two thirds of the way through Scroggins is rolling his head. I think he needs some more time. I'm gonna go to Kyle. Kyle, how do you grade grade the manager? Yeah, tough one. Uh, but I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna say C. I'm gonna say C. Right down the middle. He's been fun at times. We've played semi fun soccer at times, and then overall. I just want more. I want more from the team, and I want him to to deliver that. A C. Ooh. Not what he's hoping to hear, I'm sure. But but I don't think it's an unfair rating. Scroggins, Kyle gave you a little bit of time. How do you rate Ben? Where is he excelling? How can he improve? What do you give him? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a C minus. Uh, we're in like the bottom third of the Western Division. Uh, that's because the MLS is ridiculous. That's still the last playoff spot, but <laughs> make no mistake. Like that's not great. Uh, I, I feel like I can't give him more than that. I think uh, where he's excelling is, is um, kind of instilling clear ideas. And I, in the team, you can see that there are patterns of play that we are trying to do. Um, and, and uh, there's definitely a logic and a system to the back line, the midfield, can't say that about the forge just yet, but it, it's a step up over what we watched last year. Um, where can he improve? I don't know, like scoring goals. I don't know if he's afraid of that. If he knows that's the point, like uh, maybe to Ben, like the perfect season is like uh, every game is zero, zero. So like, you, you know, the a 35 point season or whatever, whatever it would be for us. Um, that, and then, it, he really needs to figure out subs and rotation. Like, yeah, I, if he could just get like, uh, who, who's it? Burke. Isn't he the other uh, assistant manager? Just get Burke to like pick the team for him and make the <laughs> subs. I think we'd be way better. Um, but yeah, that that's where he needs to work on. So that's why I'm giving him a, a C minus. When, when you said that he would love every game to be a zero zero, what he would love is to be an MLS next pro coach. Cause they could get right. the draw. Go to the PK right and, and he that's that's the style he loves. Have you all been watching this tournament? He wants the penalties. He wants to win that way. So let's let's switch him Dude, and buddy. He loves the drama, you know. <laughs> Such no, a drama. I, I don't know. I think C minus is a little harsh. I do think he screwed the pooch with uh Sebis. Is that like a saying? Like, is that a normal saying or is that like yeah, appropriate? Yeah. If that's inappropriate, you cut that out. Um, but <laughs> I think he dropped the ball there and that's been pretty clear. I don't think he's gotten subs, right? Like you said, I think rotation has been a big issue. We've harped on that all season long. Any listener to this podcast will know we don't like our rotation. And I don't think he's done a great job of integrating youth prospects. You know, that, that makes me a little nervous. We have Mikel. We had Bartlow for a while, but Bartlow's kind of taken a bad seat, back seat to Svichenko. So I think that's been a weakness. He did give Babyface a lot of time. Given he has given Babyface is still getting that time, mm-hmm. but 
I, I think his man management has been lacking with certain players. But I like you said, I think we're better than we were last year. Yeah. I I think we've underperformed as of late. Uh, pre-tournament, those last five games, like some of those were a little embarrassing and just not at all what we're used to. I went to a, the Minnesota game and I was mm. really sad because I don't haven't gotten to get to the get to the shell lately this season and take my wife to go see him and ugh, not fun. But yeah. I do think we've had a lot more glimpses of how good we can be. And if we could just figure out that offense, if Bink could just he immediately jumps to like a B plus to or mm-hmm. at least yep. a B. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go C plus and to balance out your C minus, I think, Scroggins, I'll say C plus. I think Bink <laughs> could be doing better. I definitely think the team should be doing better than what we've seen lately, but he's put a lot of pieces together and I'm excited for that. Last question, and we're done talking about what we're thinking here. Yes or no, Scroggins, will we finish this season in a playoff spot? Yes, we finish in a playoff spot. And then from there, who knows, because we look like a tournament team. Yeah, that's true. Kyle, do you agree? You're nodding. Yes, Yes. full agreement. I think if we don't finish in a playoff spot, Man, we need to revolt or something. It's yep. just, it's unacceptable. We have to finish in a playoff spot, and I think we will. Yes. All right. That takes us to league news, and I guess American soccer news would be a better way to put that. The Women's World Cup's been going on, and Scroggins, tell me about the Michelle Olosi response to being stepped on by that lioness. Yeah, I mean, she... She tweeted a picture of her being stepped on with her hands in the air, like the what's going on? You know, like so uh class act. Um the more like the more I learn about Michelle Alozi, the 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 more I like her. So apparently when she's not being a professional athlete and playing for a national team and playing for our local and beloved Houston Dash, uh she also researches cancer, like at uh the the um what's the place in in houston yeah there it is there it is like what like i that's mind-blowing so you go from playing in a world cup and being a professional athlete and then you're helping like literally save lives so i don't know michelle is just a class act all around she handled that with class and and um yeah, that game, the England-Nigeria game, actually had two dash connections uh, because Rachel Daly was playing as a left wing back, um, and she probably should have been a striker for them because that was a terrible performance. That reminds me of like Alfonso Davies at Bayern. He wants to be up forward on the left wing, but they keep sticking him at left back, and he's like, I'm just waiting for my chance. But, <laughs> but he's doing great back there, so whatever. Uh, Kyle, the United States women's national team never quite looked like we were making that run that we're used to seeing, mm-hmm. you know, the the back-to-back champions. It never looked like it was going to be their year. Tell me what happened, man. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Like, they just they just didn't really look dangerous. I mean, you really look at their only, you call it resounding win, was against Vietnam. Um, yeah. And it was 3-0. Finally got it back. <laughs> <laughs> and you can cut that if that's not appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, still too soon. Um, but, and even then, like, they're, I mean, all credit to Vietnam. Like, I actually thought they played so well in that game. And that was their first World Cup appearance ever. And uh, the U.S. did not make them look like it was their first World Cup appearance. And from then on, it was just, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to write home about of this team. Um, I think that we maybe relied a little too heavily on some of our younger players to step up, you know, players like Sophia Smith and um, Trinity Rodman um, and didn't have a good enough showings from some of our leaders. Um, I thought Lindsay Huron had a good tournament um, as a captain, but, you know, players like Alex Morgan and some of these others that have been around for a little bit just didn't quite... Uh, didn't quite step up where we needed them. And then, you know, in, in, in perfect fashion to wrap that up, crashing out in penalties against Sweden, um, Megan Rapino absolutely skying her penalty 
just like, of course this would happen. And that's kind of why she starts laughing after missing it, which is not a great look for you when not your team is about to get knocked yeah. out and you start laughing after missing your game deciding penalty kick. Um, but I kind of get it. Like, of course this would happen. Um, but yeah, I gotta no, say just, she was the last one that I thought would miss just because yeah, she's yeah, been exactly. there so many times. She knows yep. what it means to be a champion, did it. And wow. Just surprised. Yeah. So, uh, the, it, not a, not a great look and real, uh, definitely a real frustrating performance yep. from our team, you know, to, to three Pete is not easy to do. And yeah, yeah. they, uh, not only did not three Pete, but they, crashed out i think if i remember correctly this was their earliest exit from the world cup in their history um producer ian is giving me the nod of approval so i know for a fact that i am right and um yeah you will not so tough, find a bigger women's national team fan than our own producer <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like the women's national team like when i watched them play i felt like i was watching the dynamo play did anybody else get that like Oof. Like Vlatko and Ben Olsen went to the same school of coaching. Like That's let's so play true. people out of their positions and let's not put our best attackers all on the field together. How, how did, uh, what was name? Sullivan? How did Sullivan start mm-hmm. over Rose Lavelle? Yeah. On, on what planet is that justifiable? Right? Like I, not I this one. It's not, it really isn't. So you put Rose Lavelle in the midfield. You're like, Oh, I'm worried about the stability. You have Julie Ertz put her at the number six where she's always been. And then bring in another one of your best center backs in the world. It Vlatko was an idiot. And he's the reason why we laid an egg here. And it, there's just, we should, we had the talent and skill to win this one in three Pete and put ourselves in the history books forever and ever, uh, an achievement that would never be repeated. And, um, Vlatko blew it. And so, yeah. So you think this was an egg lane, not just that the rest of the world is kind of caught up to women's soccer level. Yeah, the U.S. I think it's both. Uh, no, like they haven't caught up to us yet. There are some talented top line players, but they don't have the depth that we, d- we have. Name name another women's national team that could bring a Megan Rapino level player off the bench. Exactly. I, have- I choose not to. Producer Ian <laughs> is not on this podcast, but I bet our thing is just going to fill up with names. Our, our live recording communication <laughs> sheet. <laughs> Spain. Okay. You mean Barcelona? <laughs> I think Patelis was on the bench. I, I think that, uh, I think that Barcelona FC, also known as the Spanish national team, got thumped by Leon in the Women's Champions League hard, like 6-0. And uh, I'm I'm not saying that they don't have good players, but they don't have the depth and quality that we have. Well, I am out of my depth in this conversation. So we are going to keep it rolling. Our man, Manny, the... Producer Ian is still going to argue with me in the chat. That's what's happening. (laughs) Yes. You're not wrong. Reached out because we wanted to to do a pod with Houston Dynamo FC France on Twitter. That's at Houston Dynamo FR. But, you know, time zones are a real thing. So just couldn't get it to lay out. And we asked him, how did he become a fan of the Houston Dynamo? And if you don't know, uh, this guy, he's he's in France. He's not like an American in France. He's a Frenchman, speaks French, you know. And... is a huge fan of the Dynamo. He's got a thousand followers on Twitter. He, we need him to rep us, not the other way around. This guy's doing great. <laughs> but we asked him how he became a fan, and it all happened in 2019. Kyle, give us the deets. Yeah, um, and Sinski, you nailed it there. We're really just doing this so that uh, so that they can grow our brand. Um, no, <laughs> I no, not really. I've been asking producer Ian slash the dynamo faithful team. If we could uh, do an interview with, with this guy, just because I, f- I find it so fascinating that there's a Houston dynamo fan outside of the city of Houston, let alone the United States of America um, and North America and on a different continent. Scroggins, San Angelo, it's letter. on a different planet. It's on a different planet. Um, I don't know. I didn't even know you guys had TV out there. So <laughs> it's still radio. <laughs> he gets the Apple TV radio broadcast. That's what it is. That's why I um, love Glenn on, so much. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I thought 
that I I followed um, this guy's account for a little bit, just seeing some of the content coming out and um, how engaging his uh, Twitter account is. And um, so Manny reached out and like I said, we couldn't get the interview set up, but um, we, we wanted to give um, give him a shout out. Um, he, he mentioned specifically that he fell in love with the city of Houston and really likes introducing the Dynamo as a club to other, you know, French people, um, whether it's through Twitter or just in his community. Um, he has not made it out here yet to Houston, but wants to one day. He said, literally, quote, unquote, it is a dream. I've never said that about the city that I am born and raised and from. Jake has. Jake has. <laughs> um, Jake loves Houston. I love Houston, too, but I, I don't know if I've ever quite so eloquently described it as a uh, dream location to visit but um would definitely be happy to have him come out and take him to a dynamo game and uh, how and cool show would that some be of the good spots that would be amazing so um at houston dynamo fr on twitter y'all make sure to go give him a follow um if you want to experience the dynamo from that part of the world and also maybe pick up a few great dynamo buzzwords in a different language i think that would be awesome it blows my mind 2019 you know we won the lamar open hunt 2018 but what have we done since 2019? And that guy's a diehard, you know? So <laughs> pretty impressed. Like, bless that guy. That's awesome. Would love to meet him. How cool would that be to go to the shell with him and just, like, enjoy the game? And that would be so cool. The Dynamo International Team of, of the Year. Scroggins thinks that's a terrible movie title. We're moving on. Time to preview our match against Portland, the league is back. Y'all remember that tournament? I loved that tournament. But no, it's not a tournament. It is the actual league. Scroggins, I want you to give me the details on this Portland match. Yeah, so we're going to play them on the 20th uh, at home in Hell in the Shell. They are 12th in the West. They're only three points behind us with 26 points. And uh, they were knocked out of the League's Cup by Monterey, which is... I mean, that's not bad. It's Monterey. They're a good team. Um, and they have a terrible, terrible away record in an abysmal uh, record in the last five games, much like ourselves. So, um, yeah, I, I have a really good friend um, here in, in San Angelo that, for whatever reason, decided that he would be a Portland Timbers fan. And uh, he looks more miserable than... Um, than I do uh, when we talk <laughs> about MLS. So that gives me hope for a win. So Daniel Curry, if you're listening, and I think you listen sometimes, uh, I love you, but I hope that you are sad on the 20th. So, Well, before we give our predictions on how this game is going to go, our friendly neighborhood Dinobot is back in action, and he has got the deets for us. Dinobot, go ahead and hit us. Dinobot is glad to bring you his predictions once again. Dinobot's prediction for Houston Dynamo versus Portland Timbers. 44% chance Houston Dynamo win. 30% chance Portland Timbers win. 26% chance the two teams draw. Dale, 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 Dynamo, and stay faithful. He didn't literally hit us. It's against one of the laws of being a robot. They're not allowed to attack humans. <laughs> but... He gave us some pretty good odds on that one. Kyle, how does that make you feel? Give me your prediction. I mean, first of all, I've just missed Dinobot so much. It was sad that Dinobot didn't know what a League's Cup was, so we couldn't hear from him for a long time. None of us. Uh, yeah, this is true. <laughs> to be fair to Dinobot, it was made up 10 minutes before the first game happened. So, um. But yeah, I'm glad he's back, and I love the uh, the calculations here. I think that he is spot on. We've got a nearly 50% chance of taking this thing home, which I'm happy to see. And your prediction? Oh, um, I'm going to side with Dinobot. I'm feeling confident that we're going to bounce back to form with a comfortable win at home against a uh, terribly performing uh, away team. I'm going to go ahead and say 2-0. 2-0. All right. Chris Scroggins, do you agree with Dinobot and Kyle that we're going to take this one home? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to win this. And I, I know that Ben and the rest of the guys are going to know that um, I have to I have to see my friend every Sunday at church. Our kids are friends. They play together. I see Daniel all the time. And I really need bragging rights. 
I, I just, I just, he's, he's a smarter guy than I am. He's more successful than I am. I, I need something here. He, you know, he's more handsome. It's just not fair. He's a better bassist than I am. And that makes me really insecure. I, I need this. That's not true. I know that. I don't believe true. it. It absolutely is. Anyway. Uh, so Scott yeah, I'm thinking slap is the base. I one in five, you know, like that's it. Um, I, I need a win, and I think the team feels that. So I am feeling a 3-1 victory. 3-1. I I want to go all out. We haven't done this in a while. I want to throw out big numbers, but I think we're still a little shaky. I think we went a little bit further in the league cup than we should have. Players are still probably a little tired. I'm going to give it a 2-1 in our favor. I do think we'll win, but I think it's going to be one of those clinchers where we're just the whole time wondering, are we going to mess it up? Are we going to give one more up? And, but I do think we'll pull it out. I believe in the boys. I believe in the dynamo. So two, one. And you know what? I think Ali is going to show me that he's the man and he's going to score. And Bossy's going to say, look, is this good enough for you? And put in one, two. So they're going to show me up and I'm, I'm for that all day. Those are our predictions. It's time to go to my favorite part of this podcast, the fun wrap-up. We are playing Portland, and I want to know what's your favorite Portland-related thing. Kyle, you came up with this fun wrap-up. What is your answer? Yeah, I don't have many because I don't know much about Portland. I know it's uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, as they call it. Um, But what I do know is that I absolutely love the show Portlandia, and I assume that everything in Portlandia is true about Portland. I don't think Fred Armisen would ever lie about anything. <laughs> and I think he's just made a perfect show summing up life in Portland, whether it's the feminist bookstore or that the mayor's name is Mr. Mayor. Um, <laughs> I think that's great. I think his bits about how everybody gets around on bikes and that they hate cars. Um, and then he has to eventually buy a car for his delivery business and he gets like the absolute worst one he can get because it's portland and like you can't have anything actually nice uh like i just i just love everything about the show and um i think that it probably is a great representation of the city i having never been there (laughs) uh sean from uh what is that show boy meets world says tv is the mirror to our everyday lives so there you have it Scroggins, what is your favorite Portland related thing? I think um I think probably the fall foliage, you know, like it's it's beautiful I hear. Uh people flock from all over the area to go up there. I have a friend that that works at the University of Maine and he tells me that Portland in the fall is just magical. And so that's my favorite thing about Portland. Do they even have trees in San Angelo? Uh we uh barely. Yeah. <laughs> We have mesquites. Well, my favorite thing about Portland is the way they name their sports teams. You've got the Portland Trailblazers, the Portland Timbers, the Portland Thorns, even their even their uh, lacrosse team, the Portland Lumberjacks, with an X, by the way, not CKS. Uh, That's pretty cool. That's how you know it's extreme. Yeah, black bra. (laughs) I love that it's all that timber themed, and it just it harkens back to that time of us trailblazing manifest destiny conquering all of the united states of america and going all the way to to the pacific ocean you know as a as a history teacher and growing up as a kid i always thought that was interesting but it really makes me think about walt whitman and one of my favorite poems pioneers oh pioneers come my tan-faced children follow well in order have you your weapons ready Have you your pistols? Have you your sharp-edged axes, pioneers, oh pioneers? For we cannot tarry here. We must march, my darlings. We must bear the brunt of danger. We, the youthful, sinewy races, all the rest on us depend, pioneers, oh pioneers. And that's why I like Portland. So with that, we are finished. We appreciate the listen, everybody. Uh, We ask that you rate us and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. We love you guys and are grateful for you all. Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, 
Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Billow. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful. It was wonderful. It's like waking up in a dream, you write it down and you read it and you're like, what does this say?